Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm Shane. I'm the associate pastor of this church. It's so good to see you guys here today. And as already knew, today is our week one of a brand new sermon series, the Little Big Life. This sermon series is about the little biblical principles, but have big impact on our life. Today's topic is Bible reading. Before I start my sermon, let me ask you a question: Does any one of you here still write letters with a pen and letter, uh, and pen and paper? Anyone? Oh, Lori, great, great, awesome. You know, I, actually, I, I like the uh, handwritten letters. You know, I, I prefer that. I, I think it's better than an email, because no one would get mad at me if they don't receive my reply in 24 hours. I can even blame the post office for the delay, and so today, I would like to show you a very、uh, historical document. It's a letter written by my dad in year 2002 A.D. And I was、um, back then. I was studying in the University of Waikato for my graduate diploma, and、um, I would graduate in a few months. So I was facing a challenge that. I must find a job. In those days, well, in any days, it's always hard for an international student without local work experience to find a job. And also, if anyone wanted to hire someone like me, my employer had to prove to the immigration service that they could not find anyone except me to do the job. Okay, if they needed someone to eat fifty dumplings in ten minutes. Maybe I still got a chance. So I was not very confident. I was very discouraged. My dad knew my situation, so he wrote this letter, three pages later, to encourage me. I'm pretty sure he wrote this letter in his office during the working hours because he is used his company's letterhead. <laughs> And so this letter is full of his encouragement. And I really want to share with you something he said here because this is very, very meaningful to me. My dad says, "Everything is possible if you are determined to do something. Don't give up. You will always find a way to succeed." That that was exactly what I needed at that moment. I I I loved it, and my my dad kept saying, "Mom and Dad will always love you. We will always support you." But it doesn't mean you can keep asking for money from us. <clears throat> Not everything in this letter is important. Okay. I I only I only read what I want to hear when I read my dad's letter. So here's the question: Why did my dad write this letter to me? Well, first of all, he wants me to read it. He wants me to read it because he wants me to know how much he loves me. He wants me. To learn from his lifetime experience, so that I can make good decisions for myself. Many, many years ago, there was a young Christian man wrote a letter to Dr. Billy Graham. So, if you are non-Christian, you never heard of Billy Graham. In my opinion, he is the greatest evangelist in modern Christian history. He passed away a few years ago. So, this young Christian man、um, wrote in his letter to Billy Graham. He says.、Um, I know it is important for a Christian to read the Bible. I know it, but I just don't find the motivation. 
Can you tell me why it is so important for me to read the Bible? Billy Graham answers, the Bible is God's love letters, love letters to us, telling us not only that He loves us, but showing us what He has done to demonstrate His love. It also tells us how we should live, because God knows what's best for us, and He wants us to experience it. So God created this book because He knows what's best for us, and He wants us to experience it. Around 2,000 years ago, one of Jesus' followers, the Apostle Paul, also wrote a letter to a young Christian leader, Timothy. In his second letter to this young man, Paul says, 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 to 17, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we, we cannot accomplish the good works God designed us to do without knowing His Word. We, we cannot comprehend God's will for us without knowing His Word. And we cannot fulfill His purpose in our life without knowing His Word. And we are the main reason God created this book and we are the main beneficiaries of the treasure in this book. This book contains God's instructions, directions for our lives. And it also answers the big questions our ancestors have been asking for thousands of years. Who are we? Why are we here? And where are we going? You can find the answers in this book. A few years ago, I just went back to China to visit my old university. I just wanted to visit my campus and took some selfie. But the security guard stopped me at the front gate. And he asked me, hey, 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 who are you? Why are you here? Where are you going? <sighs> Mind-blowing. I thought, wow, my university was really next level now if they only allowed people who can answer those three questions to enter the campus. This guy is so intelligent. You know, speaking of intelligence, I got some interesting scientific findings about the benefits of reading Bible for you. There is an organization in the United States it called, it called um, the Center of Bible Engagement. A few years ago, they did a research called Understanding the Bible Engagement Challenge, Scientific Evidence for the Power of Thought. I will explain later what's the power of thought. So in the study, they surveyed 40,000 people in the United States, ages 8 to 80. They wanted to see how people were engaged, engaging in Scripture. But they found out they discovered something they were not looking for when they first started the research. They found out that there are profound differences between the people who read the Bible four days a week and the people who do it less often. So that's why it's called the power of four. Four days a week. It's just over half of our seven-day week. 
So if we read our Bible at least four days a week consistently, we're going to have a profound impact on our life. Here's the findings. Feeling lonely drops 30%. Anger issues drop 32%. Bitterness in relationships drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Pornography drops 61%. Sex outside of marriage drops 68%. Gambling drops 74%. Sharing your faith jumps 200%. Discipling others jumps 230%. So when we read the Bible at least four days a week, when we spend more time of our life in reading Bible than the days we don't, we will begin to have a profound impact on ourselves, both ourselves and the people around us. So this, this um, organization, they, they did the first research with 40,000 people. They did the second one in a few years with 400,000 people around the world, and they found out that the results were the same. So that means those numbers are reliable. In Matthew 4, verse 4, Jesus says, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Our bodies need food to live. It's the same to our spiritual life. If we want to gain life and nourishment for our spiritual life, we need to spend time with the Word of God because it's the daily bread for our spiritual life. Today, I want to recommend a Bible reading app to you. It's called YouVersion Bible Reading App. Can, can, can I ask that any one of you are already using this app now? Wonderful. Wow, that's so good. If you don't, please download this free app. Because one of the best things I found out that they got so many um, Bible reading plans for you to choose from. Yeah, I just want to say thank you, Robbie. You recommend this app to me last year. And um, so many plans for you to choose from. Long one, short one, you know, topic-based. And all those plans are in 83 languages. Because we are the church of community people, of the people from all around the world. So it doesn't matter what's your first language. There are 83 languages for you to choose from. And one of the challenges we, when we read the Bible is that we don't know the biblical and uh, historical context. And, but in this Bible app, you know, when I read NIV version, they always have a really good summary of the book at the beginning. So if it will give you a really good understanding about the biblical and historical context of the book you are going to read. And also, if we have any kind of questions we want to ask, we always Google that, right? But that's not safe because you, are, you don't know who is answering this question. So that's why I recommend this uh, website called gotquestions.org. This website already answered hundreds of thousands of biblical questions. So I believe most of the questions you are going to ask, you can find the answers on this website. And this website is reliable. It's reliable. Now I'm following a two-year Bible reading plan on the app. It is very good, but, but let me tell you, friends, the Bible never commands us 
to finish our Bible in one year or two years. So if you cannot commit yourself to this kind of a plan, fine. Start with something practical. They got a five days plan, seven days plan, 12 days plan. Start with something practical to you. Because one of the excuses I often heard is, hey, I, I, I don't read the Bible. I don't read the Bible because I tried. I just cannot finish my plan. To me, it sounds like saying, hey, you know, I didn't eat dinner last night, so I guess I will never eat again. No! If you didn't eat last night, you're going to eat more today, right? Because it's your daily bread. Last Sunday, my wife, Yvonne, and me, we were celebrating our 10 years wedding anniversary. And she's serving in the uh, Sunday uh, kids program now. So we decided to do something special for us. And so we left our kids to my parents-in-law's house. And then we went to the restaurant where we first started dating. And so we just love that place. We haven't visited that place for a very, very long time. When we, when we went back to that place, you know, we just feel that we went back to the days when we were, when we were dating. Right? We love the environment, the decoration, the service. We even love the smell, you know. So I, I opened the menu and I said to Yvonne, you know, I almost forget we were that rich before we had kids. <laughs> that menu just pulled us all the way back into reality. But that's okay. We, we, we stayed in that restaurant for two hours. But we didn't do that every day, right? We don't have that kind of luxury to do this kind of dinner in our everyday life. But friends, you know, Bible reading is not anniversary dinner. Only happens once a while. It's our daily bread. Bible reading should be simple, practical, and consistent because it is our daily bread. Well, if you got one hour or even two hours, you know, Bible study, that's fantastic. But if we only got 10 minutes for today, don't skip it. Take your 10 minutes. Take your 10 minutes. Even just read a few verses. So, so that's, that's, that's my suggestion for you when you read the Bible. You must slow down. Slow down when we read our Bible. Just because I only have 10 minutes doesn't mean I have to read as fast as I can, as much as I can. If I only have 10 minutes, I still need to slow down. You must have heard of hot dog eating contest, right? I remember, you know, I, last year there was a guy, his name is Joy, Joy Chestnut. This guy ate 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. I didn't even know any restaurant can make 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. But here's the thing. God doesn't want us to eat our daily bread like Joy eating his hot dog. God wants us to digest the daily bread. God wants to really get his word into us. So we need to read it and we need to slow down. Read it at conversational pace. As, slow, as you slow down, certain passages will leap off the page. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Because those passages 
will become special applications to your circumstance at that moment. Second Timothy 2, verses 7, Paul says, Reflect on what I'm saying. Reflect on what I'm saying. For the Lord will give you insight into all this. So we cannot reflect on what we read if we don't slow down. We cannot receive the insight from God if we don't slow down. So we need to take our time and read our Bible at a conversational pace. Maybe some of you already noticed that today I quote a few scriptures from 2 Timothy, from the letter Paul wrote to this young man. Why? Because those scriptures were in my Bible reading plan last week. So when, we were, when I was reading the uh, scriptures, I realized, wow, God, you already knew what we need to hear for the Sunday. So friends, God already knew what you need to know, what you need to hear on the particular day. So he already got a Bible reading plan for you. Trust me, start it now and you will find out how amazing those scriptures can help you in your circumstance. My second thought for you today is, when we read the Bible, we need to believe it. We need to believe it. If we want to release the power waiting in the Word of God, we need to read our Bible with conviction. We must believe. First Thessalonians second, uh, 2 Verses 13, that's another letter the Apostle Paul wrote. Paul says, And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed a work in you who believe. So it leads to a question, do we believe? To believe or not to believe? That's the question. Because if you believe, then the Word of God will be working at you. The Word of God will be working at you when you believe. Actually, one of the central words about this idea is what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew 9 verse 29, Jesus says, According to your faith, let it be done to you. So you get to choose how effective the Word of God is in your life. You get to choose how much strength and blessing you receive from the Word of God. Because according to your faith, let it be done to you. So I believe that's good news for us. Because we got to choose how effective God's Word in our life. We can choose it. We can choose to read it or not. We can choose to believe it or not. Just like a piece of bread on our dining table, we can choose to eat it or not. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Believe it means our commitment to the Bible as the standard for our thinking. Our commitment to the Bible as a standard for our thinking. That means the Word of God always takes priority above, over our preferences. We don't read the Bible like the way I read my dad's letter. 
always mix that with my preference. Only, only read what I need to, or what I want to read. I remember around 30 years ago when the uh, European red wine first came into Chinese market. Obviously, that was for my dad's generation. And they didn't like the taste. They, they, they didn't like the dry taste of red wine. And so they decided to do some DIY to improve the taste by mixing the red wine with Coca-Cola. They did. And I tried. I didn't like it because it completely ruined my Coca-Cola. So you, you can mix red wine with Coca-Cola. You can make it feel good, you know. You can make it taste good if you want, but you can't say this is red wine anymore. We can mix the Word of God with our preferences. You know, that, that can make us, us feel good about ourselves. They can make the certain passages easy for us to take, but we cannot say that's the Word of God anymore. The Apostle Paul once says, we need to be transformed by renewing our mind. Only when we renewed our mind so that we can understand God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for us. But how to renew our mind? Renew our mind by the Word of God. Let's get back to 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We need the Word of God to renew our mind so that we can understand God's will in our life. We need to believe the Word of God when we read it. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Worship team, please come up. After I read my dad's letter, and I, I decided to start my job searching. I was studying in Hamilton, but I found a job in Auckland. And one year later, I applied for my um, resident permit. You know, every, every immigrant must went through that journey. And two years later, another two years later, I became the citizen of New Zealand. So that was my immigration journey. But here's the thing, nothing will happen if I didn't take any action after I read my dad's letter. I, I can read his letter 200 times, multiple times, every day, but nothing will happen if I didn't take any action. I can believe in him, I can believe, oh, this letter is so good for me, but nothing will happen if I didn't take any action. So after we read our Bible, we need to act on it. That's the most important thing. If we want to change our life, if we want to change our circumstances, if we want to know God's will for our life, we need to act on it. So let me encourage you today, friend. If you don't really have a Bible reading habit, start it today. Read your Bible at least four days a week. The power of four. If we already 
read your Bible and you don't feel anything changing in your life, maybe you need to believe it a little bit more when you read it. You need to release the power that is waiting in the Word of God. And finally, we need to practice it. We need to act on what we learned from the Bible in our life so that we can have such a huge impact on ourselves and the people around us. Now let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this Bible. Lord, I just pray that you will stir up the, the fire inside us so we will start opening this book and you will help us to find the treasure, find the nourishment we need in this book for our spiritual life. Lord, as we form this habit of Bible reading, as we read our Bible at least four days a week, Lord, you will help us to understand you and our life better. Lord, you will give us the power so that we can truly make a difference both in our own life and the people around us. Thank you, Lord.